Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard Sourdough Crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello, welcome to A Slice of Cheese the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. I find cheese immensely comforting. This week on A Slice of Cheese, I explore the idea of cheese and comfort with food writer Kate Young, author of the Library Cookbook series, cheese writer Ned Palmer, author of A Cheesemonger's Compendium of British and Irish Cheese, and YouTuber, podcast and presenter Katie Quinn, author of Cheese, Wine, Bread. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard Sourdough Crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com, and specialist food retailers. Very happy to have with me today Kate Young, author of the lovely Little Library Cookbooks, which I'm very jealous of because they, <laughs> <laughs> they look at food in fiction. They're cookbooks sort of looking at food in fiction and with recipes inspired by fiction. And I was like, oh, that's such a brilliant idea, Kate. So good morning, Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. And Kate, this week on A Slice of Cheese, we're exploring the idea of the comfort of cheese. Um, yes. I want to talk about it with you because I'm guessing that in the books you've read while you're researching, I was interested actually to ask you, does cheese come up as a, as a comforting presence in these books? It comes up a lot because, uh, you know, sort of lots of food comes up regularly. Toast comes up regularly. Roast chickens come up regularly. Cake comes up regularly. Scones come up regularly. But cheese definitely comes up regularly. And you're right, it is so often a comforting thing in all its sort of forms, mm. um, whether it's macaroni cheese or whether it's cheese on toast or whether it's a slice of cheese on bread. It's that comfort and reassurance and familiarity that it often brings um, that ends up sort of permeating through the, the novels. That's interesting. One of my, men- when I was thinking about cheese and comfort, a book from childhood leapt to mind. Do you, can you guess what that might have been? I assume it's Heidi. Correct, correct. <laughs> That's, it's very emotional. It's such a moving story. I mean, perhaps we should recap it for people who haven't read Heidi, what happens in the story and, and the role that cheese plays, plays in it. I mean, Heidi is brilliant and beautiful. And in fact, if you are anywhere near the internet now, which I assume most people are listening to this somewhere near the internet, 
because you can't quite escape it now. There is a wonderful piece that was written a couple of years ago by Daniel Ortberg, which is still available on The Toast. And it is an article which is essentially just a list of all of the times that cheese is mentioned in Heidi and all of the beautiful cheese moments in Heidi because it's essentially a young girl who goes to live with her grandfather in the Swiss Alps. And it is just a wonderful book about them being together by a fire eating cheese. And that's not what the story is. That's not the whole story. But that mm. is my abiding memory of Heidi is being by a fire, toasting cheese yeah. over a fire, essentially eating raclette and smearing <laughs> it onto toast and then drinking loads of, you know, delicious milk as well. It's all full of dairy as a book, yes. really. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's a book that celebrates and it's actually absolutely celebrates the comfort of dairy. I think it was my Im- image of it was that this this small girl going up you know, to an unknown place to stay with yes. someone she doesn't know and it's yes. quite daunting and scary. And then he very kindly makes her this meal by yeah, slicing the cheese, scraping it, cooking it with fire and it's just, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's so, yeah, it's a wonderful it really image. Is. <laughs> I've got the quote, which is really beautiful, which is, when the kettle was boiling, the old man put a large piece of cheese on a long iron fork and held it over the fire, turning it to and fro till it was golden brown on all sides. Oh, and that is that's the first little cheese yes. moment. And it's just yeah. perfect. And they keep returning yeah. to it. They keep having that as their their meal, their thing. Yes. And it's all about, and so that's the emotional sustenance and, you know, isn't it? What that what happens to Heidi is that it's, yes, it's not certainly. just the physical... You know, it's not just food as fuel. It's so much more than that. Um, it's exactly really interesting. That. Yeah. So, what other ways have you seen cheese used? You know, in the books when you when you've when you when you've been researching. So, there's a bit in Treasure Island where they meet Ben Gunn, who's been marooned on the island for the first time. And the first thing he asks for, he tells him he's been marooned for three years. He tells him he's been living on goats and berries and oysters, and then he says you mightn't happen to have a piece of cheese about you now. No, many's the night, many's the long night I've dreamed of cheese, toasted mostly and woke up again and here I were. Wow. And imagine being Brilliant. marooned for three years and the thing <laughs> yeah. that you are still thinking about is having toasted cheese. Yeah, it's that's... so lovely and so great. And I think that is like pure seeking of a comfort that you have missed and cheese sort of standing in for that comfort yes and interesting that sort of cheese being civilization in a way you know he's yeah totally island, foraging to keep going and what he remembers is this food yeah from the yeah. past that's so interesting. exactly that stevenson is such a that book is so brilliant isn't it i mean it's, like it's so good and, and generally it, there's a real sense of hunger in it because mm. you know if you're on a ship there is a genuine sense of hunger you know there's a there's a restriction to the food that you've got around you there's a poverty in that book anyway before it before they're on a ship so there there is a sort of perpetual you know wanting yes. and that is often often means that the food writing is really powerful because you can taste the desperation for it very good point i'm um, actually another good point of course that cheese you know is is a luxury you know you is made by you know reducing milk and so it's yes. a so that you know which is in a way an extravagant thing to do but it's done to take a perishable food and make it a preserved food well this so, is you know, the there, there well. is a reason she's got some money you know yeah absolutely but also he's on he's on an island with goats but there is no suggestion that he could make his own cheese which of course technically i guess he could yeah but the the sort of expertise and the 
the the labor that that is and that that takes means that of course he's going to eat the goat meat and the berries and the oysters rather than commit to the process of making cheese which is a luxury yes and a luxury rooted in agriculture and farming and you know exactly and, yes a very different from living a wild existence on, on exactly an that yeah how fascinating where were there other are there other cheese this is i'm loving this there, conversation yeah. what, what the <laughs> there's lots of lovely bits of cheese yeah. there's a beautiful like little mo- little moments where cheese isn't quite so sort of central but little moments in there's a moment in i capture the castle where they're eating lunch at an inn of, and of course it's cheese so the quote is that they're eating bread and cheese at an inn felt most beautifully English. So the liqueurs made it a bit fancy. So they're drinking liqueur again oh, drunk during brilliant. the day and eating yeah. bread and cheese for lunch. Wonderful. Uh, yes, and, and so that really interesting thing of the is that the American you know is the Americans visiting this English and being sort of quite aware of yes. the little sense of England in that book, isn't there? Yeah, the there English is a, experience yeah. massively. So yeah, and there's a wonderful bit in A Confederacy of Dancers, which is John mm. Kennedy Toole's book set in. New Orleans, um, where the narrator, uh, Ignatius J. Riley, says, I am at the moment writing a lengthy indictment against our century. When my brain <laughs> begins to reel from my literary labours, I make an occasional cheese dip. That and that's that sort of his <laughs> emotional escape oh. from the challenge of considering how awful the world yes, is, yeah. is that to is go such, and eat cheese. Yes. Ignatius is such a wonderful character. That is a brilliant book, isn't it? Isn't um, it? Isn't it yes, great? Yes, I love it. I mean, with sadly a very tragic story attached to it. But, I um, mean, yes, yes Because the poor author was, you know, rejected, rejected, committed suicide, never knew that his book would be this wonderful sort of cult classic and much yeah. loved. Um, yeah, very moving. But it's, I'm really pleased that he, I, I didn't realise there was a cheese reference in That's so nice to know that yes. Ignatius turned to cheese. Good. Yes, the literary cheese dip. <laughs> um, that would be my thing when I'm, when I'm writing, well, often I am writing about cheese. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, surely you're writing about cheese quite often. <laughs> I am. But I still make, and that actually just makes me hungry, of course, and I go off and, and cook cheese, you know, and have cheese yeah. on toast, actually. That's my sort of, that is my comfort food, um, definitely. Yeah. There's great more, macaroni more cheese as well. There's great macaroni cheese as well. So in Bernardine Everisto's Mr. Lover Man, there's conversation about no one can beat Carmel's culinary skills. I will miss them for sure. She's already baked the macaroni cheese that just needs to be warmed up. Coleslaw is chilling in the fridge, all crunchy apples and carrots to temper the spices of the curry. So there's just this delicious mm. sense of what macaroni cheese and yes. big pots of it and it's yeah. in an american marriage a bunch of times as well which tayari jones's novel and there's a, a big family meal that's described that was it was like something out of the bible pork chops swimming in gravy macaroni and cheese brown on top and shiny with butter mashed potatoes heaped in a striped blue bowl and next to them a stack of white rolls olive used to make when you tugged them, they came apart in buttery sections. There, snug in a shiny silver bowl, were a few of the crowd of peas that I have been craving. And That's just the, the cheese yes. as part of this, you know, yes. massive assemblage of food on the middle of a table. Yeah, it's really interesting because it is coming up with this sort of comfort. I mean, obviously, we, that's why I asked you, you know, that's what we're talking about. But yes, it's just really interesting. It is interesting how it is used in all these ways for um, for comfort. Yeah. I think I'm imbuing the comfort there as well because that is what it is for me. So it's it's not specifically that it says that it's comforting. In fact, An American Marriage is quite a deeply tragic and yeah. upsetting book and that that meal isn't particularly comforting in itself, but there's something about reading the words macaroni cheese that regardless, <laughs> it just yes. feels comforting already. Yes. Well, in fact, it's really interesting talking to you about food in cheese in fiction, but what does cheese mean to you? As a, you know, Is it something that you find comforting yourself? Yeah, I, I think that 
in in all its forms i enjoy cheese but certainly cheese is a thing that i turn to for comfort um i i'm quite predictable in that there's a you know I'm, you're not going to be surprised by any of the sort of references none of them are particularly unique but a toasted cheese sandwich and a heinz tomato soup is possibly mm. the most comforting meal that exists um <laughs> And certainly when I was a nanny, I made a lot of macaroni cheese, uh, a lot of like getting home after a rainy afternoon when we'd had to go home from school on the bus and getting them inside. And there is something about giving cheese to the kids and either melted under the grill or in a macaroni cheese that would just be sort of peak comfort after a long day. Yeah, that it's, it's that real simplicity, isn't it? I mean, it's very interesting about cheese. You know, one of the joys of cheese, of course, is it doesn't need to be cooked, which is a total joy. Yes. But they said one of its other joys is that it, it it's such it, a great ingredient to cook with. Yes, so, yeah, yes. and it can be cooked yeah. and it's so delicious when it is cooked. But yeah. I also think that one of, I mean, last Christmas was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? It was, yeah, we're talking Christmas yeah. 2021. Yeah. No, 2020. 2020. I've lost track of what yes. you were up to. I know, it's a blur now, isn't it? With <laughs> it's a such pandemic. a blur. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, um, it was a mess, yeah. But last Christmas was bleak and awful. Um, but before everything got cancelled, I'd made a massive order from Neil's Yard, mainly, Jenny, because I'd been reading your cheese things all year. And it was one of oh, many well orders done. from Neil's Yard I'd made that year. Brilliant. To British support cheeses. the cheesemakers. Exactly. And so, you know, that outpouring of, of support from people for cheesemakers was, was, you know, was amazing. And, and I found it very comforting in, in a in a bleak time. It was very yeah. lovely, this sort of generosity of people going, yes, you know, I want to, oh, I can help. You know, when cheesemakers were hit by hospitality, they just didn't yeah. have a market. And people, gosh, boy, did they step up and buy lots of cheese. Oh, people so, bought that's cheese. That's so lovely. Oh, well, that, that you, was the thing yeah. that I, I'd made a big order for Christmas for my family. And then obviously yeah. we were not really allowed to see yeah. anyone. And so it was four days before Christmas, I just kind of made up the cheese board anyway <laughs> and put it out and started watching Christmas films and this enormous, beautiful, you know, board covered in British Lovely. cheeses. Just sort of made my way through it. My cousin ended up staying here because we couldn't go and stay with the rest of our family. So we sort yep. of, we went into the back garden and took cheese with us and oh, it was yes. this sort of shared thing that Christmas. But the, the plan that was supposed to happen couldn't happen, but the cheese definitely happened. Um, Do you remember what some of the cheeses were on that, on that cheese board? Yeah, I, so I really love the Bath Soft Cheese, which ah, is yes. from quite close to me, actually. Yeah. Um, and our local farm shop sells it and our local supermarket occasionally stocks it. And it's certainly on the market here as well. Um, I know you can get it in the market in Borough as well. They've yeah. got a stand in Borough. And... It is one of my favourites, so that's pretty much always there. My sister loves Cornish Yarg, that's her favourite, and mm. so there was definitely some of that on there. We had, uh, I mean, I am, I, I just sort of try and adhere to the have some blue, have a soft, yes. have two hard cheeses, yeah, yeah, have something absolutely. quite like salty and yeah, strong and good. have something a bit yeah. blander. Um, yeah. And it's just basically what the joy of it is when you go through a sort of a cheesemonger who can recommend stuff is that you end up discovering a cheese that you might not otherwise have had. So I've got yeah. it. I should have brought it today because I should have guessed we'd talk about this. I've got <laughs> a list written down of the ones that I ate last year, which were just fantastic. And I did a couple of times throughout the year, one for a friend whose book came out and one for a friend who moved house. I sent a box of cheese to them as oh, a sort of celebration thing to do. Yeah, yeah, right? It's such a nice thing to, yeah. to send and Because, you know, it is, 
it's a treat, you know. And we have it got really wonderful is. cheeses here. Um, yeah, and as you say, you know, Neil's Yard Dairy, um, Courtyard Dairy, they just, yeah. there's so many wonderful companies you can order online and the cheeses they send out are so delicious. You know, They're it's, so good. Yeah, it's One a bit of, of a revelation. Yeah. My first sort of time away from living in, in lockdown was a trip up to Yorkshire and one of the first places we went was to the Courtyard Dairy to go and ah, brilliant. have amazing cheeses when we were staying there and it was just yeah perfect to just go and stand inside that room again and try sort of nine different cheeses and end up walking away with four of them was and the wonderful thing about just such a joy. those cheeses you'd have had would be locally they're local cheeses, yeah you know, and they're not they and of, probably and you wouldn't really have got them in other places you know they'd no I, we had so many cheeses selling. i'd never yeah. heard of and yeah. so many of them sort of where they, when they're telling you the story they're like oh yes that one's from sort of you know 15 miles up the road you're like oh my mm. god this is amazing just yeah. fantastic yeah, um, but it's nice as well. I think, like, I, you know, if my, if a friend moved house or had a baby or, you know, all of those things in the past, I would be making something and taking it around to them. I'd be making lasagna. I'd be doing whatever. Mm, and obviously, that's not really been possible in this past year. And so, I've really turned to sending cheese as a, a sort of a, a culinary support and lovely. And what a lovely missive. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. That's so so beautiful. And that is yes. And that is another sort of comfort of cheese then isn't it and then you've got this delicious food that is so so varied and you know has wonderful textures which I think is also part of cheese's comfort is the textures it offers you know depending on what you like yeah and again it goes back to when you cook with it it melts and that's very yeah the texture is is so changeable and watching what cheese does when you apply you know the the real heat of a grill to it and watching it sort of blacken and char up that is so fantastic and then watching the difference between that and then what happens if you make a grilled cheese sandwich on the stovetop in a pan and how that then tastes and it's I mean, it's just magical stuff. I'm such a fan of cheese. I remember having cheese tasties at uni. In fact, there was food. It was terrible, you know. But the one thing that was sort of worth eating were the cheese tasties that they made in the yeah. you know, in the student common room. And oh, you know, when late at night and you come back and you're really hungry and you've been drinking and you needed some food and you know carbs and fat. <laughs> and yeah. it was very delicious to have. Yeah, it, it was a big thing when I was growing up. My my family, we had a, a. I grew up in Australia, and we have what in Australia is called a jaffle maker, and I think ah. here is kind of a, a sandwich press, but that seals the edges of your sandwich. Yeah, that's what you want because you get that yeah. lovely texture. Yeah. yeah. So we we had one of them, and my my stepdad used to do it with leftover spaghetti and loads of cheese, or a tin of Heinz spaghetti and loads of cheese, wow. or sort of molten hot yes. tomato and cheese, or ham and cheese, or whatever. But you couldn't have one of those without it being cheese, without yeah. some cheese in there. And this enormously hot, mouth-burning cheese that yeah, you then bite into and sort of string open. It was fantastic. You could never not burn your mouth, could you? It was no, just like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really fun. Oh, brilliant. Okay, that's just been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your, Thank you, your lovely insights into, into the role. You know, it's so fascinating hearing the, the books that cheese has featured in. So yes. That's very lovely. Thank you, Kate. Thank Take you care, so then. much, Jenny. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. 
So this morning on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me again, 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 I think, <laughs> Ned Palmer, author of The Cheesemonger's Compendium of British and Irish Cheeses. Good morning, Ned. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you <laughs> and about oh, cheese. <laughs> and um, yes, we always have fun. And this week, yes. Ned, we're, we're actually exploring the idea of the comfort of cheese, the comfort to be found in cheese, why I think of cheese as a comforting food. Um, I just thought, which is, I just thought it'd be really f- sort of fun to talk about it with you, this, this idea. I mean, tell me your, what are your thoughts? Do you think of cheese as a comforting food? I really do. And I, and I would say even it's in a meta sense, talking about comforting cheese with you is in itself comforting. <laughs> That's, there, there's that <laughs> philosopher Ned that I love. Yeah, excellent. yeah I know, yeah, right? <laughs> you can't take the philosophy out of the manga. Um, <laughs> I really do. And, and, and you know, obvi- there's a sort of the obvious sense in it's quite a rich food. You know, it's, it's generally quite a rich, creamy, high fat food. And that is mm-hmm. inherently comforting, I think. And, you know, when you think of wintry or autumnal wintry food, it's often quite rich, isn't it? With thick sauces. Mm. Lots of cream. So I think it's comforting in in that way. And I'm thinking I'm just the first thing that comes to mind is Red Leicester, of which, ah. you know, the great the greatest Red Leicester, as we well know, is the Clark's Spark and Ho Red Leicester. And it just has that rich, deep orangey red colour, <clears throat> which in you know, it feels like a fireplace. And then when you <laughs> when you smell it, it's got um it just warms you, doesn't it, even to And then it's got that beefy, rich umami aroma and flavour and, and, and lovely kind of like it's hard but it's creamy hard mm. that's comforting so it just I, obviously I've just been to see them so they're, they're uppermost in my mind but yeah that, you know just that sense of how it is to eat I think is really it's really well, it's, comforting I mean yes I mean I think you know this is Red Leicester it's so interesting, isn't it, that one of the things we've seen in British cheeses is that makers revive making wonderful versions yeah. of cheeses that have become very industrially sort of debased you know through industrial production it took a lot of that complexity and texture and flavor away you know another and i think if i if i off the top of my head if i thought of cheese and comfort i think i would think of graham kirkham's lancashire cheese because for me that is a very yes because again i think it's that you know it's not a sort of shanty in your face cheese it's a very gentle cheese in terms of its flavor and it's got that exquisite texture and i think cheese offers the textures that cheese offers even when you're eating cheese let alone before you start melting it that there is a real pleasure to those textures isn't there i think that's exactly right and um, you know he calls it butter crumble when he's really nailed it that texture and even that phrase butter crumble is comforting and i think you're dead right about the slightly milder cheeses that they i mean you know we we love roquefort it's a wonderful cheese it's not exactly a comforting experience mm. in the same way that riding on a really mental roller coaster wouldn't be comforting <laughs> it would be exciting be fun <laughs> yes yeah. be fun but yeah kirkham's lancashire or red leicester or particularly the territorials i'm feeling right now yes sense of comfort and cheddar. yeah yeah quite well yes and a beautiful cheddar i mean it's interesting isn't it? because i think you know i am food is always my go-to comfort and it has to be sort of good in my head what I call good food meaning the food that I like Mm. the flavor of and that I enjoy Mm. and then and it's just really interesting that and cheese can just be very cheering I think when I have and I think it is partly that that ease of eating cheese that I haven't had to 
do anything. I could, you know, I could go and buy a pizza, you know, and then break off a bit and eat it. <laughs> it's just, even if I was out and about, yes, eat it then and there. I mean, so yes. So it's almost a convenience food as well, in a way, isn't it? You know, but, but a convenience food that, like you say, it's really good. You know, you can have very high quality cheese, great provenance from happy animals and good pasture, but you can just break off a bit and eat it, you know. It's not like a microwave meal that is convenient, but maybe not all that comforting. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, I think the fact that it's dairy and milk is quite a sort of profound yeah. link in the, to the idea of comfort, isn't it? I mean, if you think of, it, it you know, I find, I find butter comforting, I find cream comforting. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's something quite deep inside me that, you know, is drawn to dairy products. And then you sort of think of, you know, mother's milk, which is our first food, isn't it? I was so, say, so very it's, fundamental. Isn't it? so, yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. And just to get a bit, um, a bit, I don't know what to call it, a bit mythic. If you think about the link between dairying and cheese and the mother goddess, it's very strong. And obviously, the mother goddess is is, is the, about the apex of comforting, mm. in a sense. So I think there's a really ancient link to that. I just also wanted to go back to what you said about the sort of revival. We're seeing particularly now, say, of, of, of some traditional British cheeses like Red Leicester and Monsiedale that got a bit, you know, got a bit thin on the ground. And, and that's comforting to me, too, that you can, yeah. you can have a revival of our old cultures, that, the things that really were great about British and Irish cheesemaking. And, and, and I know this is stretching the definition of a comfort food, but it really does comfort me that there's room for those products to come back. There are people who want to make them and there's people who want to eat them. You know, and there's, yeah. there's a big market for this for this lovely traditional, comforting animal welfare is sustainable food that it reaches back into a, a, a sort of past that, that we can really celebrate. I mean, I think what's also quite inspiring is the way that the cheese makers are exploring sort of regenerative agriculture and and really yeah. working on you know sustaining the soil really creating and they really are putting in this is hard you know this is hard work this is not easy this is taking yeah. time and effort and money and you know it's, so they're not sort of stuck in I really admire them because they're not just sort of you know doing what they knew how to do they're literally pushing boundaries and um, really so someone true. like you know Tom Culver or yeah. you know and uh, at Cheshire and Applebee's they're they're doing that too yeah. they you know everyone's sort of they're really trying to do what's good in a way, you know, good for the environment, which is so important, obviously, and good for which, which nature is, and good yeah. for the cheese. Yeah. And is and is as you say, and it's also comforting. <laughs> and it's funny because you know I've just I've just been visiting a few people, and I've visited Tom Calver and uh, the Applebee's and um, the, the the Clarks who make Spark and Ho, and they are all and Martin Gott, another great British cheesemaker. Mm. And they're all doing that regenerative agriculture. And the thing they most talked to me about was, was just what you're saying. Really the sense of wanting to put things back. It's, it's a relatively new, in a sense, although I think all of them have said, I think David Clark said something like, well, this is how my grandfather would have farmed. It's just he wouldn't call it anything. <laughs> he didn't yeah. call it regenerative. He just called it what I do. in the Called day. it farming. <laughs> yes. Farming. Yeah. So yeah. I love the way yeah. that it's both an innovation. Now, I know we get a little bit off topic, but it's an innovation, this regenerative stuff, and it is new mm -hmm. to people. It takes a lot of work and effort, but it reaches back into it. Yeah. Ways of I mean, thousands of years which in fact, I think, I mean, that does bring us back to the idea of comfort because I suppose you could talk, you yeah. know, when we touch on this idea of tradition and the comfort that that yeah. offers, and like this idea, and these food, you know, and cheese is this, you know, it's an ancient 
food. You know, it's a very basic yeah. way of, you know, fresh, perishable milk is preserved. Yeah. And that's such a yeah. fundamental, you know, important act, you know, for, for human beings to do to make this food that then could be kept and would, and then it allowed, you know, people to make money and, you know, so it was value. Yeah, added value to, what they, to a perishable product. Mm. And then... And those traditions that that inform it are also those, you know, there is a pleasure, you know, in when Absolutely. you eat something that's got, you know, it's like eating this wonderful, if you think of eating Parmigiano Reggiano, you yeah. know, and talking to Giorgio Cravera, you know, who, who yeah. matures yeah. it. And he's, he's from, and he's from, and he's about the fifth, you know, Giorgio Cravera or whatever, you know, he's, he's you know, five generations back, it was a Giorgio yeah, Cravera who right. started maturing yeah. Parmigiano. Yeah. So... And that's, you know, that absolute lovely sort of, I don't know, like a solidity and a strength, you know, and a power. That is, Absolutely. Yeah, that Just, is quite exciting. And it is comforting. Yeah. I've been thinking about it in a more sort of existential sense as well. So thinking about the absolute joy you get when you eat a really great piece of cheese. And I had it, you know, those three cheesemakers, I know their cheeses so well. And every time I had a piece of their cheese, I was transported again. And I was thinking, you know, mm. I think transcendent joy is a great comfort. Uh, uh, when you feel a little bit of existential, you know, angst about the world, it's quite a profound feeling. And I've always felt that when you, one of the loveliest things about being a retail cheesemonger is giving someone their first bit of amazing cheese, which is something I'd say happens at least once a week in a shop. And you see oh, them lovely. just, you just they yeah. suddenly realise that the world has something like this in it, you know, and it just yes. makes the world a better place. Yeah, that's really, well, no, I agree. That's really, that must be a lovely experience. I mean, so it's when I used to work in a, I worked in a bookshop. So my, um, and I yeah. was forever sort of, you know, enthusiastically recommending, you know, authors I loved, you know, like really loved, oh, really yeah. wonderful. And, but you never got to see it, of course, you know, which was, of course, no. with, with cheesy, you could, that like, someone, being given a taster of of a cheese that is a revelation, that must be a very. I mean, I've received that. You know, I've been the person giving the revelation, but it must be lovely. It must be nice to witness that. I can imagine that's it, a very, it is. very special. It is. And it's. I suppose it's a sort of. Actually, I think the analogy with bookmongering is a good one because you're trying <laughs> to figure out what someone wants, and you're looking. I mean, you're listening to them. Yeah. And you're trying to work it out. Oh, you know, are they fiction, non-fiction? Are they a cheddary type? Are they maybe they're a blue? You know, but that's a form of communication, and I think communication is. You know, we need to reach out to people. It's what makes us human, and we enjoy it when we do. And so that is that's lovely. And giving someone that moment, whether it's a nice book or a piece of cheese, and then I was thinking about. Being on that end, you know, the cheesemaker doesn't often get to see that so much. Yeah. But they yeah. are in a funny way, you know, Eve, they're connected to that end user who's having that moment as the person making that cheese or the cow or the goat or the well, sheep, you know, I or the ground. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting about farmers markets is it does... You know, when cheesemakers mm. go to them themselves, it does allow them to... See, I mean, lots of them have said to me, I've interviewed, they said, oh, you know, it's really lovely. I mean, not always lovely because not everyone's going to love your yeah. cheese, but, but often it's just very rewarding because, you know, all your hard work and then someone yeah. eats a bit of cheese and you watch them eat it and they enjoy it and they... That's, you know, that's a very basic, another comfort, isn't it? Um, it and I think, it you know, definitely. for you and I, Ned, I think we both share this sense that the, the world of cheese in Britain is filled with some really lovely people, you know, who are incredibly yeah. likeable yeah. and knowledgeable really and are. hardworking. And that's, yes, so I sort of find... That's comfort you know, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually, when we think about it. I'm enjoying our, yeah. our exploration. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think, you know, I love a good food shop. And so this is, um, so I would again be drawn, you know, to, to a good food shop. And actually, and a good cheese shop is 
pretty much my ideal of a of a very good of a good food shop to They're get very to. happy places aren't they i mean there's a lot of happiness yeah. in a cheese shop everyone's getting to eat nice cheese well i think again it goes back to books and people who sell people who sell books like that's why they're there you wouldn't be there otherwise mm. because it's terrible money but but if you like yeah, books yeah. it's a very yeah. lovely place you're surrounded by you know new books classic books you're learning all the time you're trying to sort of share that enthusiasm and I often get that feeling, the same sort of vibe with a with a cheese shop. Is that the people there so are, the yeah. yeah, and it's quite nice, it's isn't it? Because you can see people. I've noticed bit, uh, that some of the shops have reopened with new because of the pandemic. They've reopened with new stuff, and they're sort of learning. But they're so up for learning and interested. Yeah. You know, I was, but I was chatting to a friend, and the the cheesemonger was listening to me. And she said, "Oh, you know, I'm just because it's so interesting what you're saying. And I really want to <laughs> to learn these things." She wanted to know more, yeah. and it was just yeah. so. Sort of nice, yeah. you know, it's this moment of shared um, enthusiasm, it is lovely, actually. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, sharing, absolutely. And it, it, it's quite common, you know, it's one of the few places that English strangers, particularly London strangers, <laughs> communicate is in the, in the queue to a cheese shop. And someone might go, Oh, what's that you're trying? Mm. Well, it's Monty's, I really love. Do you like this kind of, yeah, you'd love Monty's. Yeah. Oh, could you give him yeah. some of that? And then that starts yeah. happening, and that, that's quite common. Um, yeah. I also think, just really simply, because cheese, I think cheese is inherently happy, um, and and it's funny. Like cheese makes people laugh. Uh, when when people say, "What do you do, Ned?" and I say, "Well, I'm a cheesemonger," they always laugh in a nice ah, way. Because yes. a lot of them haven't met yeah. a cheesemonger. But the yes. other thing is, you can't say cheese without smiling. Try it. <laughs> you can't say it without smiling. Well, cheese. hence, yes, that's right. <laughs> say cheese, yeah, and that's why people yeah. say it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so yes, I am smiling literally quite, as I'm saying it. Yeah, so, yeah. That perfect. was quite cheesy. <laughs> well, you know, Toss. you led us there, Ned. <laughs> I, oh, I didn't mean to, it just happened. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but that's a brilliant, that is an interesting thought, isn't it? And I think, and I, we should talk about texture, and this is melting cheese, I think is another yeah. comfort. I mean, you know, I think if you think of things that are fashionable, you know, mac and cheese, you know, or macaroni yeah. cheese, I used to call it, but it's now mac and mm. cheese, or, you know, and cheese on toast. I'm very, very fond of yeah. cheese on toast as a... You know, again, that would be a cheer me up food. Absolutely, it's the ultimate. It's yeah. Maybe melted cheese is the ultimate comfort food. Maybe I mean, just like you say, just making cheese on toast. Yeah, it's just and so I, great, isn't it? And, and all this that is one warm of the things. Bubbling, slightly browned and. <clears throat> Yeah, you've got the little bit text. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, and British, you know, cheddar is such a wonderful mm. cheese for cooking with. And yeah. I've got, you know, friends who live in abroad again, I'm really missing cheddar, you know. In fact, it was my cousin mm. in Venice who made, he tried making cauliflower cheese and he said, he, <laughs> he was a bit sad. And he said, oh, this is what oh. the cheesemonger suggested instead of cheddar. And he'd be like, you know, <laughs> it just isn't cheddar. And it was like, yeah. I felt his pain because, you know, yeah. really, you know, cheddar cheese, you know, it just is the perfect. I mean, there are other, I know Lancashire's a wonderful wonderful melting cheese too and Cheshire but but cheddar which is what most people are cooking with I think when they cook with cheese it's just fantastic for cooking with isn't it yeah it does it melts beautifully doesn't it um I mean they all melt in their different ways and you know obviously like, I do favour a toasty with Lancashire yeah and, and I like it actually for the cauliflower cheese although it's true that I'd often put a bit of something stronger in as well Mm. But, but no, it's cheddar, like you the get... density of cheddar, you get the stringy, melty, the proper, like, elasticy melt, don't you? 
And you get the flavour hit, you know, from a good chocolate, yeah. don't you? Which is sort of, which, you know, Lancashire does melt beautifully. It just is more delicate, you know, by its nature. Mm. Um, and then, you yeah. know, think of raclette. You know, that's just another glorious oh, right. sort of, an og- it's ogle shield, um, which ogle is used, shield. isn't it? At, yeah. That's like, used in Britain to, to, you know, as to make raclette. And it just, it's just a joy, isn't it? It's such a joy. And, and, and um, I had a great macaroni and cheese with raclette. And uh, it was so indulgent, raclette and Bermsey hard press. <laughs> So that's his, you know, sort of Conte Gruyere style yes. and his Reclette style and Truffle Royal in one mac. Oh, cheese. wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds yeah. very deluxe. I hope you had a little bit of side. I hope you had some bitter leaves on the side. Or did you not? We, just we, <laughs> Did you we, cut we, through yeah. the salad or did you just go for indulgence? Yeah, we, yeah. No, we definitely had a salad and my homemade pickled cucumbers. Very nice good. This is classy. So, okay, you can just just have a think about what I might be doing after this interview ends. Ah, Nipping off to Bill to get some cheese, yeah. Yes, and going down to have cheese on toast, I think. So, the joy of working from home. So, oh, Ned, it's been really lovely to talk the comfort of cheese with you. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and make something now as well. (laughs) (laughs) I feel cheese on toast coming, yeah. It certainly is. You're perfect. All right, lovely to talk to you, Ned. Take care then. Oh, thanks for having me, Denny. Cheerio. Bye-bye. I'm a huge fan of Peter's Yard's crackers and they always feature on my Christmas cheese board. All Peter's Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop, enter the code SLICEOFCHEESE at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard Sourdough Crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Before we go on exploring the world of cheese, here's news of another Food FM programme that I think you'd really enjoy. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm David, the host of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. Each week, we explore the wonderful world of wine, spirits and beer, all things that make wonderful pairings with cheese, of course. We hear from those for whom making drinks is a passion. So after your cheese course, how about you join me for a few drinks? You can find The Drinking Hour with David Kermode on your usual podcast platform and at foodfmradio.com. Now it's back to Jenny and a slice of cheese. Very happy to have with me this morning Katie Quinn, YouTuber of Channel Q Katie and author of a wonderful book called Cheese, Wine and Bread. Hello, Katie. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me on. Well, and you're speaking to us all the way from Italy. I am coming to you from Puglia, Italy, in the, the heel of the boot. And yeah, it is, it is quite lovely here. I can't lie. <laughs> Brilliant. And we are talking this morning, Katie, for this week's episode, we're looking at the idea of comfort and cheese. And your book is, it struck me, it's very powerful because your book begins with this, it describes a journey where you're very sensibly exploring three wonderful fermented foods, cheese, wine and bread, which I think is such a genius idea for a book. But I see it begins in this very... (laughs) The best things. (laughs) It begins in quite a sort of powerful and shocking way where you have this terrible, you know, what they call a life-changing accident, don't they? You had a terrible accident on the ski slopes that, that was sort of devastating and very serious. And you write about it in yeah, the book, it, which is why I'm talking about it. So. Yeah, <laughs> this, it's not a secret. This this accident is not yeah. a secret. It is one of those things that, you know, you would never wish for something like, like a traumatic brain injury. Um, 
I mean, I couldn't walk for months after this accident. Um, I had to reteach my brain how to do the most basic of things. Um, you would never wish that on anyone. I would never have, you know, oh, when I grow up, I want to, I want to have this horrible yes, experience, this traumatic but experience. It, mm. it, yeah, exactly. And you know, trauma is is a very apt word to use with it. Um, even scientifically, like I got a traumatic brain injury, so there was a lot of trauma around it. But it's interesting because considering it after, you know, and I'm I'm healthy and thank goodness and and looking back on it it's so interesting to realize actually the gifts that it gave me mm. um and an appreciation of food <laughs> is probably at the top of the list um ah that's interesting isn't it because in fact that whole that accident then led you to come to britain with your i think he was then your boyfriend you sort of you know you, you it was life changing wasn't it and you then sort of came to the uk and it's, tell us what happened to you then. So then what happened? You came to London so I was, without I, a job. I, you left a very successful <laughs> career behind. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I, you know, for love, right? For this man mm -hmm. who actually was with me at the time of the accident and, and um, I just had fallen head over heels in love with. And he was kind of the knight in shining armor during all of, all of the recovery and everything like that he was just so there so supportive and mm. it's like okay this this is this is my man this is the man mm. and you know and he felt the same way about me and he got uh so we were living in new york together with a slight tangent i i recovered in ohio with with my family i recovered from the accident in ohio but then uh moved back to new york moved in with connor and then he got a job opportunity in london and i decided to pick up and move with him, even though it did mean leaving a lot of my career opportunities behind in New York. And so I landed in London um, feeling a little lost. I was a little bit of a lost spirit. I think that I wanted a community. I wanted a sense of direction. And so I followed my nose and my palate and it led me to cheese, essentially. Um, and that <laughs> community really helped me feel settled. So, what, so you ended up getting a job at Neil's Yard Dairy, that, which has been mentioned a lot on this whole series because it's touched so many people's lives. And, you know, it's quite remarkable. Um, so that's isn't what, that incredible? Is that right, Katie? <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right, Jenny. I mean, it's it is really interesting. It, what a cool company to to really touch so many people. And I don't know if it's I think Neil's Yard Dairy is an amazing company. I also think it's the people there. It's the people they recruit are so passionate about cheese, but also just, you know, everything artisanal, everything fermentation, everything um, yes. having to do with celebrating and enjoying craftsmanship. Katie, did you know about cheese? Had you experienced sort of craft cheese growing up in, you know, you live in New York, wonderful food shops there. Oh, was it something you, you that you what? knew and loved or was it a bit of a revelation coming to Britain and going to Neil's Yard Dairy? This is a great question. So it was a little bit of both. Growing up in the Midwest in America, I I just got cheese like block cheddar from the grocery store. And, you know, it was great in like dips and casseroles and stuff like that. But mm. I didn't really know the culture around it. We didn't have a nice cheese shop where I'm from. But then, yes, when I moved to New York City after college graduation or university graduation, I, uh, I, my eyes were opened then to, oh, wow, there, there are cheeses from around the world. And, 
And you know, what is this? what is this camembert <laughs> stuff that yeah. now I think silly because it's like, oh, everyone knows that cheese. But moving to New York was really what opened my eyes to those things. But moving to London and specifically the scene at a cheese shop like Neil's Yard Dairy, you know, and the others in London, the other fantastic mm-hmm. La Fromagerie and, yes. um, you know, they're, they're such great Paxton's. I mean, they're great I know uh, Paxton Whitfield's so good, but, but really working at Neil's yard dairy specifically made me appreciate quality artisan cheese and local cheese and really understanding and coming to really respect the people, (laughs) the people who make Ah, the cheese and what they go through to make it. And I think just like anything, the more you learn about something it deepens your interest it it deepens just the respect you have for it and the familiarity you know familiarity and respect those are two elements of comfort of uh, of something that ah nicely put yes comfort food. that's a really interesting point isn't it because comfort yes and we're you know we're thinking about this idea of comfort and it's and actually food i am a food writer so so food is always my comforting you know thing and mm. and my fascination with it is yes you know i sort of love it i'm interested in it I turn to it. So, um, and I was, and cheese, you know, that pleasure that a piece of good food offers and a piece, you know, of good cheese, there is something very delightful about it, isn't it? I mean, I, I just, I, it always cheers me up, actually, when I've ever had a, and I think it cheers yes. me up because of what you were saying about the, the skill and the craft, you know, that someone has made something good and put, that sort of thrills me in a way. It's a real, it's a real element of enjoying a food, isn't it? You know, I, I I was considering like because I've I've always loved cheese, <laughs> um, even before I I understood and respected it. So I was like, well, what would have made cheese a comfort food for me back in the day, back when I was living in Ohio and my mind mm. hadn't been open to all these things? So I was like, well, okay, I think that texture has something to do with it. Actually, the texture of cheese, it's soft, it's it it's pliable to some degree mm. it can melt and that that meltiness yeah. i think is a yes. is a real comfort and then also the fact that it's so fuss free right this is a non-fuss food yes <laughs> well it's a food that's ready to eat which is you know which is glorious you know especially if you're yes. if you're tired and feeling low and you don't have energy yes. then actually having something delicious to hand that you can sort of just cut a piece of it and eat it and it's that yeah. is a joy. Absolutely. I mean, and on top of that, it's filling. <laughs> yes, it's, you know, that's true. From yes. a science level, it's full of proteins and fats. And like that is comfortable on a very physiological level. <laughs> Were there, I was thinking back to your childhood. Were there recipes that your, your parents cooked that, you know, that involved cheese? Or were there dishes that were brought out that, you know, that you've got associations with that would comfort you, you know? Yeah. So, okay, a couple things come to mind. One is just like a... a three cheese dip that we would just tip tortilla chips in and just while we were Mm. it was usually uh came out with some kind of a sports game we'd all watch right like oh football's (laughs) on the tv and bring out the this cheesy dip um and it would be and i think there were beans a part of it too so it would be a few different layers of cheeses like a cream a cream cheese and then um like a cheddar cheese and that like a shredded cheddar and then a layer of like a Monterey Jack or or some some other kind of cheese Uh like a provolone maybe and then I think some baked beans if I'm remembering correctly like this is so Midwest Jenny (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and then you would like put it in the oven or the microwave, I suppose, but just get it melty and then dip tortilla mm -hmm. chips in it. And that was a standby. It sounds really nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then another casserole that actually involved uh, a sour or a, um, a cheese cousin sour cream. So these are childhood foods and childhood foods. From, I, f I found in lockdown, I was cooking dishes that my mother used to make for me. Oh, and, it, you know, so very, and I didn't realise consciously, I didn't sort of think, oh, I'll cook a dish. I, I cooked it. I thought, oh, mum used to make this. And it was, you know, I was turning back, you know, I really wanted that comfort, you know. And um, and I was, what I seem to yes. say, childhood dishes have got a place. But then you've travelled and now you, you've been in Europe for, you know, years now. And presumably your, your comfort food, your sort of cheese comfort food dishes must be quite different now, I'm guessing, are they? They, you know, that's so interesting, Jenny. They, I feel like they evolve like constantly, especially be like being in Italy now where uh, it's, and it is one of the saddest things to me that I, it's so hard to find cheddar cheese here, <laughs> but there are such, <laughs> such other incredible cheeses. On that note, Katie, my father, my English yeah. father lives in Italy. He worked there and he, and he sort of, and I always used to take him out cheddar. That was, you know, cheddar cheese was always my gift to him and I could paste it. But of course now we can't because it's just much harder to get anything uh, through the posting to. So, yeah. yeah. It's a ch cheddar, is, that was... cheddar is a very comforting cheese, isn't it? I mean, it really that must is. have been a bit of a revelation. Trying farmhouse cheddar then in Britain must have been very different yes. from the cheddar you'd had in the States. Yeah, it absolutely was. And again, I feel like the, learn, the more you learn about something, the more you appreciate it. And I think just understanding the history of cheddar in Britain just made me feel like, wow, like this is really, really something special. And the tradition of it goes back so many years. You, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I would say, yes, like I have this love affair with cheese and I've had these experiences. You know, I, I lived in a goat farm in Somerset making goat's milk cheese and, and have really thrown myself into these cheese experiences specifically in my life, like I'm just very drawn to it. As as you are well aware of, Jenny, as you also, I think you <laughs> can obviously relate to this too. And like, I want to go back to like when I moved to London, I almost feel like I fell into the experience with Niels Yarderi, which again opened my mind to so much in the cheese world. And I think that, but I don't think I as much fell into it as I followed step by, like it was a little step at a time. So like I, d I had a, a YouTube, a business project with the Comte Cheese Association in France. Mm -hmm. And they hired me to do a handful of videos for my, for my YouTube channel. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I, I, you know, I got to spend time with the farmers of the cows who make the milk, who make Comte and these cheesemakers and the affineurs and the, yeah. the cheesemongers. And I, and I left that video project like i don't want to leave this i want to keep on doing it and that's really rare for me as a video journalist to i'm used to dipping my toe in a lot of things and ah, and this was the first yes. time where i was like okay i've dipped my toe in and now i want to immerse my entire foot like i'm not ready <laughs> i'm not ready to take my toe out of this and and that led to you know i, I shared this with my contact at the comte cheese association I was like, thank you for this incredible opportunity. I loved it so much. I just basically expressed this to him. And he said, Katie, yeah. you live in London. I had only lived in London for about two months at that point. Mm -hmm. And he said, 
Neil's Yard Dairy is it <laughs> is in London. <laughs> you you need if you love this like you say you do, you need to connect with someone there. And about five minutes later, he sent an email connecting me with the amazing Bronwyn Percival. Oh, and brilliant. I feel like the rest then um, the rest is is history in terms of me really, uh, really pursuing my interest in cheese. I mean, and that's, you know, and the fact you've written this, this lovely book, which which charts your exploration and, you know, of cheese, wine and bread. But I think that's why I wanted you on this programme, Katie, because I was thinking, you know, the comfort of cheese, in a way, you've had a very, you've had a massive, we're not just talking about a comforting dish, you know, that you eat if you're feeling low or, or, or it cheers you up. We're actually talking about, you found this whole world of cheese and then mm. fermented food, but starting off with cheese, didn't you? And that's in the sort of solace and the fascination it's giving you is really quite, it's profound, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it really is. It's really interesting to think about, but you're right. Cheese, cheese was the gateway to my feeling at home and connected in a new and strange land. We should just talk now about your time in Italy where you're living now in Puglia. So you're, you must be experiencing new cheeses, you know, there must be cheeses we would never get to see in the UK that you're, I'm really jealous. <laughs> so, but have, have you found some cheeses that, that are falling into that comfort zone for you in Italy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, the first that comes to mind is burrata, which is a ball of, of fresh cheese with a mozzarella kind of exterior stuffed with stracciatella. Um, so it's all, you know, fresh cheeses, and um, very, almost milky, actually, very lactic and milky and fresh. And and the thing that <laughs> that I just get a kick out of every time when I eat burrata is slicing a ball open and it just like, sp- it, it spills onto the plate or, or the cheese board that mm. you cut it onto. It's just such... It is comforting, actually, in in its yeah. own way. Are you familiar with burrata? Yes. No, I love it. Yeah, it's become very fashionable yeah. in London, and but you know, but again, it's interesting because obviously, I'm guessing it's particularly glorious when it's very, very fresh, and that's much harder it, to get in London. I have to give credit to um, the town where burrata was born, which is called Andrea, and it's in Puglia. 10 minutes from where I live, so oh, wow. the yes. the home of burrata is very close, and it's a big uh, point of pride here because the cheese it's very delicate and fresh and yes. you know it's that lovely it's that it's that sort of quintessence of what fresh che- when you talked about texture and yielding texture yes. and it's lovely very yes. yes very sort of gentle soothing in a way almost yeah interesting yes yeah. absolutely and but then there's cacciocavallo which is which is a harder cheese more aged and it melts like a dream. <laughs> it melts like a dream, you know, on toast, on potatoes, whatever. But one way here that it's traditionally eaten is it's hung over flames. So you've got you've got your flames underneath and then you can picture maybe like a tree branch over <laughs> over the flames with a string and the cacciocavallo hanging over it with then a grate underneath to catch the cheese or to, you know, you can put all kinds of different foods, vegetables, meats, carbs on this grate and it, and then the, the cacciocavallo will melt onto those things. It's what so it, oh, I see. So, so it melts down and falls onto the stuff below it then. Is that what happens? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
and or wow. you can also swipe it from the uh, swipe it from the ball of Cacho being warmed overneath. So it's kind wow. of, um, you know, it's the well, that it's, sounds fun. That sounds it, fun. <laughs> the eater's choice. Yeah, eater's choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, how interesting. Okay. That was wonderful. Well, Katie, thank you. I mean, that's just been such a pleasure to talk to you. And of course, you have you have made me hungry, which is a real cliche. I'm always <laughs> saying that on this show, but it's true. And now I'm thinking, yes, please. I'm thinking Barata and Katshikavada. I want you both in my life. But Katie, it's yeah. been lovely. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Jenny, it's always such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard Sourdough Crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It will make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.